0: Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. I'm not typically one who likes to talk about uh, especially politics or elections or or things like that, of that nature. And I I don't really plan on doing a lot of that this morning. Uh, But I also understand the time that we're living in right now and i And I understand that there's a lot of things happening right now, uh, especially with the elections and and the confusion there with all of that and and the different things happening and so uh when I was preparing this week uh, i was I was trying to decide what to talk about. I really what I want to talk about with you is more pericoresis. because that's still that's still what the Lord has been speaking to me. Uh, if you don't know what that is then uh, you've been missing out because the Lord has been been sharing a lot with us concerning this idea of perichoresis, the idea of union the union that we share with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that He is in us and we are in Him. And so um, and, and I, I'm going to mention a little bit of that later on in the message today. But, um, but as I was preparing, I just felt uh, just the need to share just a couple things uh, just, and to speak into what is happening uh, right now in the world, especially concerning what's going on in uh, the elections. How many of you were up all night? What night was that? What was, when was the election? November Tuesday night. My, my days are so screwed up right now. Tuesday. Uh, we were up all night just watching what was going on. And, uh, and what, what I want to say right from the beginning is, is there was such a peace in my spirit throughout this whole thing. Um, and why that's significant for me is I remember back, uh, and, and let me say this right off the bat too, Uh um, I'm going to talk. I'm going to, I'm. I'm personally. My my personal beliefs is in. Uh, is is more conservative leaning. Obviously, I think most of us in this room are probably in that direction, um, but I don't think you're an evil person if you're not. <laughs> so let me just say that right off the bat. Um, and, and and so. I remember back in 2000. It was it 2000 when uh, Barack Obama was it? Was it 2000? I think so. Whenever it was when Barack Obama was elected president? Oh wait, thank you. Thank you. It's the corona. I'm gonna blame everything on the coronavirus this morning. (laughs) 2008. I remember uh, it was the first time I was able, I think it was the first election I was able to vote in. That tells you a little bit about how old I am. And I remember being this, this, this almost sinking feeling, not just in myself, but in the church. It was like all of the air got sucked out of the church, and it was—it was like uh, it—it was just this—it was this um, like this bomb went off, and and I just remember that feeling, and I compare that to what I experienced during this election, and it's a night and day difference, and you want to know the reason why. The reason why is because my hope, my peace my joy, my my faith, and my trust is not in an elected candidate. It's not in a country. It's not in a government. My hope is in one man, and it's Jesus. And I realize now that this world is not going to change because of who is in office, but it's going to change because of the sons and daughters who represent the Father. Period. The earth is not groaning for a political candidate. The earth is not groaning for the right man to be in office. The earth is groaning for the sons and daughters of God to be manifested. And that is what's gonna bring significant change into the world. Now, I say all that, obviously it's important for the right person to be in office for the sake of, of the laws and the country and all of those things. So I do not want to demean the importance of all of that. But what I, am, what I do want to clarify this morning is that just because the man that you want to be in office isn't in office, whether it's a, a, a conservative or, or a Democrat or whatever it is, just because that person is not in office does not mean that the world stands still and that revival cannot come because it's not up to them to bring revival. It's not up to them to change the world. It's up to you and I, the, the image bearers of the sons and daughters of God. Amen? I jumped way ahead this morning, but that's all right. I, I, when I was preparing, there was four things I heard the Lord share with me or, or, or tell me that I believe that he wants to share this morning. So I'm gonna share those, those four things with you this morning. Number one, how, how do we respond in this time? How do we respond with the things going on in the world right now? Number one, this one's very practical, all right? Number one, listen to credible people and trust the Holy Spirit inside of you. Listen to credible people and trust the Holy Spirit inside of you. There are millions of voices talking right now. You know, one of the things that social media has done that I believe is a huge detriment to our society is it has, uh, this is a Matthew Seibel quote right here, it has given people a platform to speak who have not earned a right to speak. And I'm as guilty as anybody sitting in this chair or watching this morning that I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see something on there that, that, that jives with my own personal view and I immediately take it as gospel truth. But that person, and and we have no idea who the source is, have no idea who the person is, and it's important that we don't get our information from just any old person, but that we rely on people who are credible, and this is important too, that fear the Lord. What is Proverbs? What is it? Proverbs, uh, there's a podium there. Proverbs chapter one, verse seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If we are listening to people who do not fear the Lord, then I question their wisdom. Because the beginning of wisdom, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's important that we listen to credible people and not just anybody. Listen, when it comes to politics especially, my list of people I trust is about this big. Okay? I'm very picky on who I choose to listen to and to come into agreement with, because there are millions of voices out there. Every one of them has an opinion, and it's important that we listen to people who are credible and who are trustworthy and who fear the Lord. Amen? So be careful not to get caught up in the news. Be careful not to get caught up in social media and all of those things, and find people that are credible. And and listen, I'm I, I, my plan isn't to stand up here and tell you who to listen to, but um, I do want to recommend one person who I trust completely with all of this. And his name is Dutch Sheets. If you haven't, if, if you're looking for somebody who to listen to, uh, I would find some information from Dutch Sheets. Uh, if you don't know who Dutch Sheets is, he's an author, he's a speaker, uh, and he's He's a prophet and uh, the reason why I trust Dutch is for several reasons. One, I was able to see his ministry up close and personal while I was at the ramp. He was uh, one of our speakers for a while. He actually moved his ministry to Hamilton for a little while, and uh, I was able to see him up close and personal to realize that this guy is the real deal. He's the real deal, and I trust him. But not only that, his assignment from the Lord. You know, people have different assignments. Right now, my assignment is Harmony Christian Church in Lazor, Indiana, right? His assignment is for this country. His heart is for this country, and, and I've listened to him speak several times about different things concerning the U.S., and I, I just trust him. So, I, I just... Uh, Again, I I don't want to stand up here and advocate necessarily, tell you to listen to, but I trust Dutch Sheets. And so if you're looking for somebody credible, I believe he's somebody we can trust. But anyways, back to the point. Listen to credible people. And the second half of that, I think, is just as important. Trust the Holy Spirit inside of you. Trust the Holy Spirit inside of you. 1 John Chapter two, verse 26 and 27 says this. It says, I've written these things about those who are attempting to lead you astray. But the wonderful anointing you have received from God is so much greater than their deception and now lives inside of you. There's no need for anyone to keep teaching you. His anointing teaches you all things you need to know. For it will lead you to all truth not a counterfeit. So just as the anointing has taught you, remain in him. In him. Perichoresis, right? In him. Remain in him. That you have been given an anointing on the inside of you. That you have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you who knows all truth. Listen to that voice. Pay attention to that voice. If you are hearing news from somebody, if you are, are, are watching the news, or if you are hearing a report from somebody, test it in your spirit. You have been an, uh, given an anointing for a reason, and the Holy Spirit inside of you will tell you whether or not it is deception or it is truth. Trust the Holy Spirit inside of you. It is a gift from the Father to lead you through these times. Amen. You have an anointing inside of you. Use that anointing that's inside of you. Use the gift of the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. This is why it is so important to have a close enough relationship with the Lord that you can silence every other voice to hear what he is saying. That's why we've been talking about perichoresis the past couple, several weeks. It's why we've been talking about our union with the Father because it is through that union that we can walk in and know all truth because of the union we have in the Holy Spirit, amen? Trust the Holy Spirit inside of you. So the first one, listen to credible people and trust the Holy Spirit inside of you. Number two, this one is huge for me, huge for me. Number two is this, don't get caught up in the game of slander. Church, listen to my words. Do not get caught up in the game of slander. Listen, Jesus loves Donald J. Trump. He loves Mike Pence. He loves Joe Biden. He loves Kamala Harris. He loves them with a passion that we cannot even comprehend. He is, they are his son and his daughters. And just as much as the father was waiting on the porch for you to come home, for you as the prodigal to step back, he is waiting with great anticipation on the porch for them, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Donald Trump, Pence, all of them. He is waiting for them to come and step foot on the ground, and be embraced by the Father. His love is for those men and women. Do not get caught up in the game of slander. Do not let your tongue come against his sons and his daughters who he loves. Believe me, you do not want to offend the Father by coming against and slandering his sons and daughters because he loves them with a great love. Amen? He loves them with a passion we cannot even begin to comprehend. If you cannot look at these people without hate and slander, listen to this, then you are operating under the influence of the Antichrist. If you cannot even begin to look at these politicians, these people in government and in power without having hate in your heart towards them, then you are operating under the influence of the Antichrist. Do you know what the word slander is in the Greek? Diablos. The word Diablos, which we obviously get our word for devil or Satan, in the Bible, is the word for slander. That when you, have, when you are slandering another person, you are actually operating under the influence of the Antichrist himself. If Jesus can hang on a cross, bruised and beaten, spit upon, hated, reviled, lied about, and hanging on the cross, can look at the very ones who hung him up there, and forgive them for what they did, how much more should we be able to look at the people we disagree with and forgive them and have love towards them? How much more should we be able to look at them in love and in forgiveness? Loving someone Not slandering somebody is not coming into agreement with their ideologies or the beliefs. You can disagree and still love. You can vehemently disagree and still love. You can come in opposition to the policies. You can come in opposition to the ideologies and still absolutely love the person where those ideologies and those principles come from. You can actually disagree with them without calling them idiots, without calling them jerks, or whatever it is, the colorful language you would like to use to call them. You can disagree with them and even stand against their principles without slandering. It is possible. Amen? In fact, you know what? I believe love conquers all anyways. The way that we change the world is not through through hate. It's not through slander. It's not through uh, being angry or more angry than the other person. The way we change is through love. Love conquers all. And I believe love is the only thing that's going to change somebody's mind. Amen? Let me read you this passage. This is kind of long, so stay with me here, but I believe it's important. It's out of Ephesians chapter 26. Are you all with me this morning? Amen. Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse 26. It says, But don't let the passion of your emotions lead you into sin. Don't let anger control you or be the fuel for revenge, not even for a day. Don't give the slanderous accusers, don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. When you come into slander, when you come into hatred, you are opening the door wide open for the devil to come in and manipulate you. Don't give him the opportunity. If any one of you has stolen from someone else, never do it again. Instead, be industrious, earning an honest living, and then you'll have enough to bless those in need. Verse 29, And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, Hey, church, lay aside temper tantrums. (laughs) Revenge, profanity, insults, but instead be kind and affectionate towards one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Be imitators of God in everything you do, for then you will represent your father As his beloved sons and daughters. Listen, that that statement right there, I feel like carries so much weight because when we realize that we are representing him into the earth, then that lays a whole nother responsibility on what comes out of our mouth because we are representing God in every way, shape, or form to those around us who don't know him. So we are representing the father as his beloved sons and daughters and continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance and have nothing to do with sexual immorality, lust or greed for you are his holy ones and let no one be able to accuse you of them in any form. Guard your speech. Forsake obscenities and worthless insults. For these are nonsensical words that bring disgrace and are unnecessary. And here we go. You ready? Instead, let worship fill your heart and spill out in your words. Instead of allowing slander and hate and useless insults come out of our mouths, let worship fill our hearts and spill out inside, into our words. The way to fix a heart of slander, the way to fix a heart who has who has uh, hate or enmity towards another person, is to get into the presence of the Holy God, to look Him face to face and to worship him with all of your heart. Because when you are staring into the face of love itself, you cannot hate somebody else. So the answer to slander, the answer to dealing with hatred towards another person is to get into the presence of God and let worship fill your heart. So then what comes out of your mouth is love and encouragement. Amen? the next next thing i want to share with you the third thing pray fervently pray fervently don't be the christian that talks about prayer but then never does it don't be the christian that talks about the power of prayer but only does it at mealtime don't be the christian that complains about the world and does nothing in the prayer closet Let me say that one one more time. Don't be the Christian that complains about everything happening in the world, but then does not ever take it to the place of prayer. Amen? If you are not in intercession about it, then I don't even want to hear about you complaining about it. If you're not taking it to the place of prayer, then I don't want to hear your thoughts or opinions about it because if it's not coming from the place of prayer, then it's not authentic and it's not coming from him. We need to daily walk in the garden of prayer. Daily. And not just because the world's upside down right now. We should be spending, whether it's good times, whether it's bad times, whether it's confusing, or whether we've got it all figured out, we need to daily be walking in the place of prayer. There are a few reasons why. Do you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane? Let me take you back to the Garden of Gethsemane. Right before Jesus is crucified and Jesus is off on his own praying to the Father in the garden. And you look back, he walks back to his disciples and all of them had fallen asleep in the place of prayer. You all remember that, that story. Jesus is up praying in the garden and the disciples are fast asleep. Then rewind the scenario a little bit further back when the disciples are in the boat and the storm comes and begins to wreak havoc on the disciples and begins to wreak havoc on the boat and this says that they are afraid for their lives. Where is Jesus? At the bottom of the boat, fast asleep. So the scenarios are flipped, right? Jesus is awake praying in the garden. The disciples are asleep. But in the middle of the storm, the disciples are awake and freaking out. And Jesus is in the bottom of the boat, completely fast asleep. What does that tell us? What tells us what that tells us is, is if you are in the awake in the place of prayer, then you can sleep through any storm. If you are awake in the place of prayer, then when the storm hits, anxiety, fear, panic have no place in you because you are at rest because you were awake in the place of prayer. If you are in anxiety right now because of the pandemic or the election or maybe something personally going on in your life, if you are in panic and you are in fear and worry, maybe it's because you haven't been spending enough time in the garden of prayer. Because if you stay in that place of prayer, you can weather any storm. You know what else is awesome about that story? That not only was Jesus at complete rest in the middle of the storm, but when the disciples came down to the boat and woke him up and asked Jesus to do something about the storm, what did Jesus do? He got up out of his his slumber He came up to the top of the boat and he spoke to the winds and the waves and told them to be silent. And instantly the storm stopped. If you are awake in the place of prayer, not only do you have peace and rest, but you also have authority and dominion to be able to speak into the storm. That's why earlier I said, I don't even want to hear you complain about what's happening in the elections and what's happening with the coronavirus or any of those things happening right now. I don't even want to hear you complain about it unless you are spending, taking it into prayer, because unless you are taking it into prayer, then you have no authority to speak into the storm. You have no authority or dominion to be able to speak into the situation because you have not first taken it to the place of prayer. When you complain without having been in the place of prayer, you are just a resounding gong and adding to the chaos. But when you are spending time in the garden of prayer, then you actually have authority. Your voice carries weight because you have spent time in the place of prayer and you can speak to the storm and see the winds and the waves fall into line. Amen? It's important that we spend time praying fervently, In this hour. Another reason I want to share with you why it's important to pray. There's so many prophecies going around right now, right? So many different prophetic words that we've heard, so many prophetic voices that we've heard speak into these situations. And here's what I think we do a lot of times with prophetic words. We hear a prophetic word and think just because it has been spoken that it is going to come to pass. Or that it has been spoken and then we just take a back seat and just watch it unfold. And I don't believe that's how prophecy works. Many times I believe when the prophetic word comes, it then releases a responsibility on us to pray into that word to see it come to pass. But oftentimes we get lazy when we hear prophetic words. We hear the word and we're like, awesome. And then we think we can just sit back and watch it happen. But it's actually an assignment. It becomes an assignment for us to take into the place of prayer, to come into agreement with the word that the Father has spoken. Let me give you an example. About a month ago or so, um, I, I don't remember exactly when it was. It was at least a month ago. Amber, my wife, had a dream. Um, And in the dream, she was in a a car, sitting in a gas station, with Nancy Pelosi beside her. Fun car ride, right? (laughs) (laughs) So she's in this dream. She's at a gas station. She's in the car with Nancy Pelosi, sitting beside her. They're in the back seat of the car. And what their conversation is, they're actually talking about abortion. And Amber is explaining to her, her why she believes abortion is wrong and why she believes abortion should be, uh, be, be um, eliminated. And Nancy is, is, is listening to her and having conversation back, and she's explaining all the reasons why she believes abortion uh, is the right thing to do, why we need to have it for, for women's rights and all of these things. And so they're having this conversation. And uh, off in the distance, Uh, Actually, they're in the gas station, in the middle of the gas station. Uh, They notice this group of women in the middle of the gas station and they're all in a circle and they're all weeping. They're all crying. And uh, they both notice it at the same time and Nancy Pelosi asks, you know, what's going on there? And Amber looks at Nancy and she says, those are women who are broken because of the abortion that they had. Those are women carrying the responsibility, carrying the weight and the guilt of the abortion that they have. And, and she, said when she said when she said those words, she looked over and Nancy becomes broken in her spirit. And she, she said immediately, she, Nancy looked almost panicked like she realized in that moment that I helped cause those women's pain. And and she, she said she became flustered and, and tried to get out of the car because she just needed to do something and she saw just the brokenness on Nancy's face and and uh, and, and so and then the, then the dream ended. And so after that situation, the Lord or, or Amber took that dream and, and she began praying into Nancy Pelosi praying that Nancy would have an encounter with Jesus, an encounter with the living God that would absolutely revolutionize Nancy Pelosi's life. And that dream wasn't given to her just as some random thing. I mean, why would Amber be dreaming about Nancy Pelosi of all people, you know? It was given to her by the Holy Spirit and as an assignment for Amber to begin praying for Nancy Pelosi to encounter the living God. Prophecy is not, again, it's not some, some thing that, that just, just because the Lord speaks, it means it's going to just magically happen. I believe that many times it's an assignment for us to begin praying fervently into it, to see it come to pass, that we come into agreement with the Father and begin speaking his word into the earth, amen? So let's take all of these prophecies all of these prophecies that we've heard, our job is then to weigh them by the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of us, to weigh them against the word of God itself. And when it passes those tests, then we are to take them to the place of prayer and see them come to pass, amen? I wanna tell you this right now what I'm praying. Right now in this election, my prayer is that first, if there is any corruption if there is any deception going on right now, my prayer is that it would be brought to the light, that it, would be, that it would be obvious, and that it would be brought out into the open, and that truth would reign supreme. No matter what that truth is, that it would reign supreme, and that corruption would be brought to the light. My prayer is that Trump, Pence, Biden, and Harris would have a life-altering encounter with the man named Jesus. That they would have an experience with the Father that would absolutely revolutionize their life. Listen, with, with, with Trump, there's actually been a dream uh, that, that Dutch Sheets has shared that, that he would have, that he has this encounter with God that, that just completely alters his way of thinking. It completely alters who he is as a person. And that that encounter just draws him to the Father. And I, I'm praying into that prophetic word that he would have that encounter. I'm praying that Biden and Kamala Harris would have an encounter with Jesus that would be so rich. Not even for the sake of politics, I mean, sure, that, that's awesome. I would love to have leaders who love the Lord with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Absolutely. But even beyond politics, for the sake of their souls themselves, I pray that they would have an encounter with the love of Jesus that would absolutely revolutionize everything about them. That when they, when they are living this life, they would be able to live in the union with the Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit that we live in. That when they eventually die one of these days, that they would be able to stand in front of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and see the love of God for themselves face to face. My prayer is that they would encounter the love of Jesus. Amen? I'm also praying that if after all the investigations, after all the truth comes to light, and let's say Trump and Pence become our president again, I pray that God would give them wisdom beyond their own natural ability to rule this country. And if it goes the other way, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris become the president and vice president of the United States, my prayer is that God would give them a wisdom beyond their own natural ability. That he would surround them with men and women of faith, women and women who fear the Lord, that would give them godly counsel and advice. No matter which way it goes, my prayer is that God would reign in that White House and that wisdom, not of this world, but wisdom from heaven, would be the deciding voice in every single circumstance. That's my prayer right now. That's what I'm believing for and praying for and taking to the secret place right now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The last last thing I want to share with you this morning, the last thought I want to share with you this morning, and we've already touched on this several times. Find your joy, security, security, And trust in your union with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Find your joy, security, and trust in your union with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Listen, I told you this at the very beginning. Throughout this whole process, I have been at complete peace, I have been in complete joy throughout this whole thing because my trust is not in government officials. My trust is in Jesus, in Him alone. Amen? Let me read you a scripture out of John chapter 16. I couldn't help it. I had to go into John, right? John chapter 16, starting in verse 32. 16, verse 32. And the time has come when you will all be scattered, and each one of you will go your own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am never alone for the Father is always with me. And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. For I have conquered the world. Listen, my hope is not in governments, it's not in officials. It's not in money. My hope is not in pastors or churches. My hope is not in the great United States of America. And it's definitely not in a president. My hope is in one man who loved us so much that he left his throne and became sin, so we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The man who sat enthroned in heavenly, who sits enthroned in heavenly places above all principalities, powers, might, and dominion, whose name is above every other name. The one who sat enthroned at the great flood and who sits as king forever. The one who has invited us into the circle dance, into union with him, whose image I bear and walk in. My trust is in Jesus, and Jesus alone. He is my anchor. He is my joy, my trust, my delight, my peace, and my salvation. And when that is your anchor, when that is your hope, your peace, and your trust, then no matter what the world deals to you, you can walk in perfect, peace. I love John 16. Jesus is, is hours away from going to the cross, and his disciples are about to all desert him. He says it right there in John 16. He says, all of you are about to leave me, but I am not alone. My rest is in him. My peace is in him, and though I'm about to experience tremendous pain and sorrow and extreme loneliness, I am not alone. Because he is with me, and my peace is in Him, in Him alone. And that is the peace He gives us. So let your joy, your rest and your peace be in Jesus in Jesus alone. Amen. Amen, go ahead and stand with me. Hallelujah. Right now, if you are operating right now in fear, If you are in anxiety and panic, then I just want to pray over you right now. And I just want to declare over you that your trust is in Jesus and Jesus alone. That all anxiety and all panic and all fear leaves right now in Jesus' name. And that, that your union with the Father, Son, and Spirit is what anchors you and what causes you to have peace and joy. I just release that peace and joy over this entire congregation right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would forgive us if we've slandered your sons and daughters. Father, if we have, if we have, have allowed hate to spew out of our mouths. Father, we ask for forgiveness. And Jesus, right now, we ask you would change our hearts. God, that there would be no hate inside of us. God, that there'd be no influence from the enemy inside of us, Father. But that the Holy Spirit would rule and reign in our emotions and in our thoughts and in our words. God, that our words would be life; that our words would be full of, of life, and would be full of, of just um, of love and of peace, Father. Hallelujah! Let peace reign in every heart in this congregation. Jesus, we do pray for this con- or for this election. God, we pray for for all of the the um, the. The lawsuits and all of the things that are happening right now, Jesus, we pray above all else that truth would reign supreme, Father. God, if there is any corruption anywhere in our governmental system, in our election process, or or in any 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 election or or any uh, political officer, Father, we pray that all of that corruption would be revealed in the name of Jesus, God, and that repentance would come to our nation. That repentance would come from our White House. That repentance would come from our Congress. From our state buildings. God, that all corruption would be revealed and brought to the light in the name of Jesus. God, that truth would reign supreme. That truth would be revealed in the name of Jesus. God, and let it be done quickly. Let it be done swiftly, Father. Let truth come about and let corruption be dealt with swiftly in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray, Lord, for President Trump and Mike Pence, God, that they would have that encounter that has been prophesied. God, that Donald Trump would have such a real living encounter with the true God. God, that that he would experience your presence unlike he ever has before. God, and that his heart would be made into flesh instead of stone. Father, that his leading would not be the leading of his own wisdom or the wisdom of his counselors, but the leading of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that Donald Trump would become a broken and contrite man. That he would be led by, by um, that he would be, be, like I said, broken and contrite. And that his, his heart would be led in humility and in love. God I pray for Lord if he, I don't know if I don't know any of them if they're saved or not or if they actually know you but Lord I pray God that his 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 relationship with you would become real and authentic and he would walk in perichoresis he would walk in union with the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And Jesus I pray over Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. God I pray that you would just encounter them with the love of the Father. God, I I don't know why, I, I just see them as the prodigals. I see them as the prodigals and I see you as the Father. I see you as the Father on the porch every day, every moment of every day, looking at the horizon, waiting for your son and your daughter to come home. So Jesus, I pray that they would hear that invitation to come home and they would accept that invitation. Father, that they would encounter love like they've never encountered before. And it would change their lives completely. And God, I pray that in that story that we would not be the brother of the prodigal. Father, that we would not be bitter and resentful and hateful towards our brother and sister. But Father, that we would be in line with the Father, longing for their return, longing for their salvation, longing for good to come into their lives. Hallelujah. Jesus, I thank you that our political leaders are going to encounter the living God and it's going to absolutely change their lives and the life of our nation Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray for Nancy Pelosi. God, I pray, Lord, just as this dream that Amber had, that um, that she would become broken over this issue of abortion. God, that she'd begin, that you'd begin changing her view, changing her worldview, her eyesight, that she'd begin to see these laws as you see them, Father. I pray for her salvation I pray that she would encounter the love of God, the mercy, the mercy and grace that you have given us, God, that she would receive that same mercy and grace. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, I thank you that no matter what happens in these elections... No matter what happens in this pandemic, I thank you that the greatest revival this world has ever seen is coming to this nation. That the greatest revival the world has ever seen is coming to this entire planet. Father, that millions upon millions, it's even been prophesied that billions would come to know Jesus in this revival. And Father, we say yes to being a part of that in whatever way, shape, or form you would have us be a part of that. God, that we say yes to praying fervently for that revival every single day of our lives. That we say yes to seeing that revival in our cities, in our communities, in our counties, in our school systems, in our churches. Father, that we say yes to that revival and we say yes to being obedient to whatever it is you would instruct us to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, let us be led by your Spirit. Let slander be the furthest thing from our tongues. Father, let us pray fervently in the garden of prayer every single day so we can walk in peace, and dominion. And most of all, Father, we declare that our trust, our hope, our joy is in you and you alone, Father. We love you so much, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.